Welcome to the Bill Spadia Show on demand. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this show so you'll never miss a minute. New Jersey Time Time, 6.10 on a Thursday morning. Good morning, I'm Eric Scott, sitting in for Bill Spadia today and tomorrow. His daughter's getting married this weekend. Hard to believe after all of the planning that's gone into it. So we'll be sitting in for you and keeping you company. And this hour, we're going to be taking your bad neighbor stories. Do you have a nightmare story about a bad neighbor, either currently or in the past? Uh, Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero, I'm liking the forecast. Yep. Not so much the clouds, but the temperatures going up. It's a it's a trade off, right? When we get uh, a little bit of moisture in the air, temperatures go up. You get some clouds. Okay, big deal. I, I think the only potential snag in the forecast here is we are looking at some spotty rain showers on Saturday, so that may affect outdoor plans a little bit. We'll come close to 60 degrees on Saturday, wow. but might be a little damp for an hour or two there. But overall, I mean, this has been the trend all week. I mean, we've had sunshine yep. every day, blue skies. It's been gorgeous. And, and even though it's been cold, it doesn't feel that cold because there's been no wind. And and you get that sunshine, that yeah. sun beating down on you. That really makes a difference. You know, when clouds take over, it'll be a different feel. It'll look a little unsettled. But uh, there's still a lot to like about this forecast for another three or four days. Here. But you're not ready to proclaim that winter is over. Uh, oh, definitely not. Yeah. We've got um, a storm system coming in early next week with a fresh batch of cold air, and uh, there's a there's a reasonable chance of snow. This would be Monday night into Tuesday, um, so we're still a little too far away to talk details. But that's that's kind of the next thing to watch is how that may play out. Uh, right. You know, eventually. Or well, I mean, you know, Bill and I both would love to have one big snowstorm. Sure. Just before to you know wrap up the the year, and I think after one big snowstorm, everybody in New Jersey would be like, "Yep, okay, ready for spring now." Yep, we yep. had winter. We're done. We're, we're done. Yep, we're over. Yep. We're over with it. Um, you know, I know you. Uh, you hail from Jackson, right? Uh, originally, yes. Yes. So, did you hear this story? This is our lead story for this morning. We're going to launch off on some bad neighbor stories, but there was a woman who moved into Jackson about six years ago, and she noticed all her neighbors were putting up Christmas decorations, and she wrote a column that was published in the Jackson Pulse that called her non-Jewish neighbors Christmas displays gouty and grotesque. 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 That's a heck of a word to use. Right? That is, that, uh, that's some strong, some strong language. Here's what she wrote. The streets were flooded with colors of all kinds, grotesque forms littering the lawns, twinkling lights, and red and white cone-shaped hats flopping in the wind. See, part of me really wants to know what part of town she lives in. Jackson is a very big township. It's one of the biggest in New Jersey. And there's different um, different segments of town that have, you know, different different feels, different demographics to them. And I'm, I'm just dying to know what part of town right. she's referring because that would give me personal context of, uh, you know, exactly Yeah, I don't know here. exactly where she's living, but apparently she moved into a neighborhood that was predominantly non-Jewish. Mm -hmm. um, and she said she instantly regretted moving into that neighborhood because there were so many non-Jews uh, and then celebrated when those same families moved out and Jewish families moved in. And as you can imagine, that's created quite a bit of a backlash in Jackson. And it got me thinking about, you know, bad neighbor stories, because whether you think that the lights are bad or not, it's generally not neighborly to publicly excoriate your neighbors for decorating their homes for a holiday and a religious holiday that they celebrate. 
Um, I got a couple of bad neighbor stories we'll tell. Kristen, you know, you brought this story to my attention, too. You've got a bad neighbor story. I do. I do. So when, but back in the day when I was living at my, you know, with my parents, uh, we had this one neighbor that would spread cat food throughout all the other neighbors' lawns. Oh. And... So, so where my parents live, there's it's just a bunch of woods in the back, right? right? So these cats, these stray cats, were just coming from everywhere. So <laughs> all these, all, all the flowers were gone. They would eat everything on everyone's lawn and in wow. their garden. And everyone's like, "Where are these cats coming from?" Now, the neighbor is known as the crazy lady. But That's she didn't just throw. She wasn't throwing cat food on her lawn. No. She was throwing it on everybody else's. Everybody lawn? else's, and nobody knew why. Literally, her name. Nobody knows her name. They call her the crazy lady. Oh, like boy. that's that. That is her name. So this happened a long time ago. Um, but she's still living there. My parents still have to deal with her. She's still doing it. She's still. She's not doing that. Oh, okay. But she is still living there, and everyone everyone has one eye open when they walk around the neighborhood. Everybody has that one in the neighborhood, right? So what is your bad neighbor story? Do you have, it doesn't have to be a bad neighbor, but do you have somebody who's not neighborly? Do you have somebody who is kind of the, the, the street police person, you know, that reports every little thing that, was, that is wrong? 1-800-283-1015. I'll tell you my story. Dan has a story. We'll get your stories when we come back. From an update of weather and traffic next on New Jersey 101.5. Seton Hall recent alumni ignite your career at their exclusive career fairs this February, March, and April. Connect with leading employers. Elevate your impact today. Call 973-761-9355 for more information today. 622 on New Jersey 101.5. I'm Eric Scott sitting in for Bill Spadia talking about bad neighbors or things that maybe your neighbors have done that are not quite neighborly. This is all coming out of this story in Jackson Township where a woman was complaining about her non-Jewish neighbor's gouty and grotesque Christmas decorations. Dan Zero, you have a bad neighbor story you can share with us? Yeah, when you asked me about this before the show, the one that comes to mind are uh, my most recent neighbors to uh, to where we live. And, and I think they're just your quintessential you know, a bad neighbor where they just they're leaving a mess outside and they're making weird noises. They fight <laughs> in the driveway. Oh um, probably their their biggest defense. We thought they owned the house, but in fact, they were only renting it. Oh. And we only found this out when they decided to abandon the place in the middle of the night, leave all their garbage on the front lawn and just leave and never come back and wow. break their lease. Yikes. So I'm happy to say we have much nicer neighbors now who uh, take much better care of uh, of the house. And, uh, you know, everybody's everybody's in a happy place. I don't know where those old neighbors went, but they can make a mess somewhere else as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, it's all all's well that ends well Yeah. Uh, with that. All right. Thanks, Dan. 1-800-283-1015. Your bad neighbor stories. Patricia in Keensburg, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Patricia. Hi. Nice talking to you. Um, I have a story similar to Dan's. Um, the fellow next door is renting. And like I told Kristen, I feel like I'm living next to Fred Sanford and Son. <laughs> it's that bad? That bad. And it's all because, like, my uh, my property is kind of large, but I have a all my property, like, it's mainly in the back. His house is set back, and he has a front yard. So... All this stuff, it's construction trailers, it's uh, his kid's trampoline, it is his boat, it is his construction trailer, it's three cars on the street, it's a car he's, he's 
supposed to be restoring and n- nice guy, really nice guy, but Fred Sanford. Yeah, yeah. All right, Patricia. Well, good luck with that, and thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. When I first moved into the Lawrenceville area, I lived in a townhouse, and it was a townhouse that there were four units connected to one another, and I was the second from the end, so I didn't have the end unit, but I had um, an older couple that lived in the end unit right next to me, and again, they seemed like a really nice couple, but it turns out she was on the board of the neighborhood association so she was the police person for that entire neighborhood and she would walk the entire neighborhood looking for violations and the first time that she and i clashed was over the garbage because you couldn't put the garbage out the night before you had to put it out in the morning but you also couldn't do it before 7 a.m so garbage couldn't go out before 7 a.m the day that it was being picked up well i was working here And I had to be in the studio early. So I was leaving the house by 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And every time I would leave, and I would take my garbage out on my way to work. So as I took the garbage out, I kept getting $25 violations taped to my front door because I had put the garbage out too early. There were a couple of times where I actually had to leave work, run home. Fortunately, it was right around the corner. Leave home, run home and take the garbage out so I didn't get a $25 fine. And then there were all types of issues of not what type of trees or bushes or things like that you could plant in your little common area in the back, but right down to what flowers. Like you couldn't plant certain types of flowers because they thought they attracted something. And it was all these little tin pot little dictators that worked in the homeowners association. They got a little bit of a taste of power And then all of a sudden, you know, they started fining everybody. But I do have an issue with a neighbor, current neighbor, that maybe you can give me some suggestions for. And it is one of the most infuriating things. You know, Sandra and I have dogs. We have Henry, who's 11. We have Holly, who just turned one. They're both yellow labs. Um, and you know, they, they do what dogs do in the backyard or when they're on a walk and you do what you're supposed to do as a responsible pet owner. And that's pick up after the dog. When the dog does its business, you pick it up, you throw it away. Somebody in the neighborhood is letting their dog go on my front yard and not cleaning it up. And it makes me crazy. And all these types of evil things about how to get revenge on this person have been percolating in my brain. Have you ever had somebody that allows their dog to do their business on your yard and doesn't clean it up? And what did you do? What should I do? How should I either change this behavior or retaliate? Do I escalate the behavior? 1-800-283-1015. If a dog is going on your yard and the owner is not cleaning it up, what do you do? We'll take your calls on that coming up right after an update of news, weather, and traffic on the half hour on New Jersey 101.5. 627 is the time. New Jersey Chime Time, 637. Good morning. I'm Eric Scott, sitting in for Bill Spadia today. And tomorrow, he's off getting his daughter wedded in Vermont. Bill will be back on Monday. I need your help this morning. I need your advice. What do I do about a neighbor who lets their dog do their business on my lawn and never cleans it up? Do I retaliate? Do I escalate the situation? 
or do I try to take a more calm, measured approach? 1-800-283-1015. Has this ever happened to you, and how did you solve it? Craig in South River, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Craig. Good morning. Great show. Great topic. Thank you. So I had a neighbor do that to my yard, and I have surveillance cameras. So I went on to the footage of it. I found this dog doing his business. I took a screenshot of it, printed it out, and I posted it on a sign on my front lawn that says, clean up or be shamed. Oh. And two days later, I got the pleasure of seeing him tear down the sign, <laughs> which is what I wanted. And I never felt better in my life. How would you have shamed him? By posting his picture of his dog doing his business on my front lawn. That's how I shamed him. All right. I, all right, Craig. I like it. I, I, I like that. That's creative. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Help me out. I got a neighbor who's letting their dog do their business on my lawn and never cleans it up. Sal on the turnpike. This happened to you, too? Yes, it did. All right, Sal. How'd, how'd you, how'd you I, take care of it? Well, I caught her a few times. We confronted her, and we asked her, please, don't let your dog do their business on our property and it kept happening and happening so i caught her again and i took action and i would scoop it up with the shovel and throw it right back on her porch you would scoop up and throw on the porch on okay. her porch yes <sighs> See, and, I... until the poor dog passed away and luckily, we didn't have that problem no more. It well, wasn't the dog's fault. No, it wasn't the dog's fault. I'm sad to hear that about the dog. I mean, it just it, sometimes there are irresponsible owners. I mean, that's part of owning a dog. Sal, thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Yeah, I, you know, we, we have two dogs. We have Holly and Henry. They're both yellow labs. They're great dogs. Um, and you just, that's part of the responsibility is you clean up after the dog. If you're not willing to clean up after the dog, maybe you shouldn't have a dog. Tony and Brick, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Tony. Tony, good morning. No, Tony? Okay. All right, well, hang on, Tony. If you're still there, maybe we can come back to you. Uh, you know, the, there, the, a number of evil things kind of go through my head in terms of what to do to solve this. I'm not 100% sure who the individual is who's doing this, and it's just outside of the periphery of my ring camera. So it's almost like they're doing it deliberately outside of the area where I could capture them on video. All right, let's go back to Tony. Tony, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Tony, help me out here. Hi, sorry about that. You know what I did? This was several years back. Um, I had to take off a garbage day because this guy would let his dog loose from like two blocks away and he would always rip my garbage up and I had to clean it all the time. So... The one garbage day I took off, I followed the dog home. I knocked on the guy's door. I said, sir, do me a favor, please. Your dog every Thursday is not ripping my garbage up at all. Well, he starts screaming at me that it's not his dog. So, again, I took the following Thursday off. I had a camera with a zoom lens, took pictures, went and got them developed, went back to the guy's house. I said, here's your dog. Now, I'm 6'4", 290 at that point. <laughs> and... I took a picture of the dog. I said, you know what, pal? I said, I'm not going to do anything to your dog. But when I see him do it again, I said, I'm going to come back here and beat the you-know-what out of you. And I never saw the dog again. But I actually took pictures 
to have the proof that I needed. Yeah, I'm thinking about trying to adjust my camera um, so I can get the evidence. Thanks, Tony, for calling New Jersey 101.5. Yeah, I need your help on, on what to do. I mean, it's there is a part of me that wants to take a week's worth of my dog's poop times two, because there's two of them now, in a bucket, in a bag, and just dump it on the front porch. Mark in Camden, you're on New Jersey 101.5. All right, Mark, what'd you tell your neighbor? Good morning. Yeah, I had the same thing, except the hard part is you got to find out who's doing it. Once you know who's doing it, I tried the nice approach. I was like, please pick up after your dog multiple times. They didn't. They would would let their dog poop. And again, it's not the dog's fault. It's the neighbor's ignorant. So uh, one day I picked up all the dog's poop that was in the front yard. I put it in a nice Amazon uh, package and I, I closed it up like it was uh, like they got a delivery and I put it on their front door and they brought their whole dog's poop inside their house. And then after that, surprisingly, there was no more dog poop on my front yard. I love that idea. You put it in an Amazon box, resealed it and put it on their porch. Yeah, and they brought it in their house. It's amazing. I, I, I like wait. I, I like waited all day to watch when this would happen because I knew it was them and it was a neighbor that was catty corner for me. It was great. So you actually saw them pick up the box and take it in the house? Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Oh, Mark, that's awesome. I love that idea. I might truly steal that idea. That's Mark, thank <laughs> First, you got to figure out who it is. Yeah. Well. All right. Mark, thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Again, I think I do. I think I know who it is, um, but I don't know for sure. I love the idea of putting it in an Amazon box and putting it on their porch. That's brilliant. Pauline and Clark, you're on New Jersey 101.5. You have a little bit of a different approach here, Pauline. What is it? Yeah, I would say to provide doggy bags to clean up the mess on your front lawn with a sign saying, please clean up after you, dog. I've provided you bags. Because, you know, it happens. You leave the house, you forget the bag. Well, I understand if that happens once or twice, but this is a chronic crapper. I mean, this is happening over and over again. I agree with that, but it's a kind of, it's a way to shame the person without, like, really shaming them. And you're not hurting anybody's feelings. You're not hurting the dog or being evil. You're providing the bags for them. Pauline, I I really appreciate you being the voice of reasoned, measured response here. But, Kristen, I really want to be evil. I don't see you doing this at all. (laughs) (laughs) At all. Yeah, no. But you know what? That's the thing. It's like you said. You can understand somebody doing it once or twice. And that happened to me. I used to have a dog. And I forgot one. And he went. I took him home. And I went back out and I cleaned it up. It's It's simple. It's simple, but people don't want to do that. And I have another neighbor who's literally right next door who has just the sweetest dog. And Holly and Henry like to play with him all the time. And there's been a couple times I've been over there where Henry's done his business in, in this guy's yard. And I, and I don't have a bag. And he's like, don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. And I understand that. You know, but it was just give me a bag. I, right. can, can I borrow a bag? You know, and I'll, and I'll take care of it. So, I mean, it's as dog owners, you know that that's your responsibility. Right. You know, I mean, it, and I, I just, oof. All right, 1-800-283-1015. Help me out here. Do I do what Pauline does and be, you know, measured in that response or do I escalate it? How, how should I deal with a neighbor who lets their dog do their business on my lawn and doesn't 
clean it up. And if you can't call in this morning, drop us a comment on the app chat. Kristen will make sure that we get it on the air. And we'll take more of your calls coming up after weather and traffic next. It's 645 on New Jersey 101.5. Arrow. 652 on New Jersey 101.5. Eric Scott in for Bill Spadia. And asking you for advice this morning on how you deal with a neighbor who lets their dog do their business on your front yard and does not clean it up. Do you take a measured response, like leaving a bag out for them to use in case they forgot? Or do you do what another caller had suggested, pack a week's worth of poop into an Amazon box and leave it on their front porch? Bob, what do you think I should do? I, I like the uh, the Amazon box idea. I mean, you know, it's it, it really sends a message there. I mean, the other thing is, you know, you put the bags out. It's it's, it's an expense. It's a pain for you as the homeowner. Hey, have, have you thought about... Uh, just setting up some go cam, pro go, uh, pro cams. Um, and I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the GoPro that. cams. Set them the out GoPro there. Cams. Yeah, so that they know that the that it's out there. Well, I mean, they know I have a ring doorbell. Do they think that I? You know, I mean, even though the doorbell can't quite see that, I think. I don't. I don't. Yeah, know. but you, you know, you know, people in the industry. Why get a couple of cameras from oh, somebody? Oh, park I, your I, car know, I know people, Bob, that could make this problem go yeah. away. Right. <laughs> well, that, that's even better. I love that idea. Kristen, but what do you got? <laughs> that's funny. We got an app chat from Michael in East Brunswick who said, sprinkle cayenne pepper powder on your lawn, yeah. and the dog won't go anywhere near the powder. Will it hurt the lawn? That's a good question. I don't know. Because the whole reason is I don't want the dogs going on my lawn because it ruins my lawn. Right, but I don't think pepper powder can ruin your lawn, can it? I don't know. How about signs that your lawn has been treated with chemicals? Oh, oh. good point. I've done that before. Right, that's a good one. All right. Um, hey, Frank, on the parkway, um, what do you suggest here? Hey, how's it going? It's a shame that people do this and right. uh, you don't know who. Hello, hello. Yep, I got you. I, I, it is a shame. Yeah. Uh, so a while back, I saw this advertisement on social media and it basically advertised that you can... You pay for their service, and what they do, and it's a prank, but it's not really a prank, is, is they put any type of poop on whoever's lawn you choose. Oh. I think it's a couple kids that work in a zoo, and they're probably stoners, and they come up with this idea to make money. <laughs> and uh, But you can pick elephant poop, monkey poop, lion poop. And uh, so if you find out who it was, uh, I'm driving right now, so I couldn't look up the website, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably a quick Google search uh, for a small fee, and you could even pay them cash, and they'll do it. And then you, you find out who, who's, who's leaving uh, their dog stuff on your lawn, and then uh, you send the package and let them do the dirty work for you. Ah, uh, Frank, I love that idea. I'm going to do a Google search on that. Thanks. I appreciate that. Thanks, Frank, for calling New Jersey 101.5. Find out who it is and just put a bucket of elephant poop on their front yard. I like the idea, though. I mean, still, my the, the the idea that I liked the best was putting dog poop in an Amazon box, putting it on their front porch, and then this guy watched them pick up the box of poo and bring it inside their house. That seems like it's a little bit more my style. I mean, I went back old school, you know, where I I thought for a minute, Kristen, that maybe I would fill up a paper bag, put it on the front porch, light it on fire. Remember that? Oh, that I do. Yeah, you know, that that's a I, thing. right. Yeah. I mean that, that that was that was a thing. But I don't I don't like the fire part of that. Yeah, you don't want to burn the house down. Don't want to burn the house <laughs> down. Do right. That. Exactly. Interesting. Um, I, so I looked it up. Cayenne pepper powder. Yep. Cannot ruin 
your lawn because people actually use it to grow plants. Oh, no they kidding. make it a spray and it's oh, and it helps grow plants. It also won't hurt the dog. It's non-toxic. All it'll do is kind of irritate its oh, eyes. Well, that's important too, yeah. Right. But it'll keep the dogs away. So, not a bad idea. Cayenne pepper into a spray. All right, I could mix that up and put that into a tank sprayer and spray the yard. Huh, that's that, brilliant. That okay. way you're also not touching yep. the uh, the stuff, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't... Th- that solves the problem. It's not nearly as satisfying. <laughs> I was waiting for I, that. That's not nearly <laughs> as satisfying as some of the other suggestions that we've had that's fair. this hour. All right. Uh, appreciate your advice, everyone. Hey, listen, have you ever won a lottery prize? Do you play the lottery? Have you ever won anything? I don't care if it's a dollar on a scratch-off. I'm going to tell you why. Because Dan Zero may have cracked the code of the New Jersey Lottery scratch-off tickets. I'll tell you that story and then take your calls about whether you've ever won the lottery after news, weather, and traffic next on New Jersey 101.5. New Jersey Chime Time, 710. I'm Eric Scott sitting in for Bill Spadia today and tomorrow. He's off for his daughter's wedding. Bill will be back on Monday with great stories to tell, I'm sure. Have you ever won the lottery? Do you play the lottery? And what do you play? And what's your strategy? 1-800-283-1015 is our telephone number. You know, Kristen, I just wanted to uh, thank all of our listeners for their advice last hour on what to do about the dog mm-hmm. um, that continues to go on my lawn. Uh, a lot of people were texting me during the news saying, hey, already the program has gone to poop. You know oh, what? Funny. You know, and it's yeah, you know, and all <laughs> all of those questions, and, and I and so um, we're going to do the lottery topic. Maybe the next topic should be: Is there anything funnier than a fart? That there you go. There. <laughs> you have a son. You'll find out the answer to that question is no. Um, do you Thanks. play the lottery? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, occasionally, I always find that we play like the 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 bigger lot, like the Powerball, the Mega Millions, after the jackpot has gone down. Once someone wins that like ridiculous amount yeah. of money, we're like, now's the time to do it because less people are playing it. We never win. Yeah, it doesn't change the odds that much. Do you have a threshold? Because that's what we do. We usually will play, you know, the the big big game and Powerball, right? Um, when it hits half a million. I'm sorry, half of five hundred million. Five okay. Yeah, five hundred yeah. million is the and and then we buy the tickets. Oh and oh so so once it hits yeah. that and okay, yeah. No, we, we we just play to play. We we're big fans of scratch offs because it's fun. we we know we're not gonna win anything. Scratch offs are fun. Yeah. We've we've never won anything big. It's always been ten dollars here, fifteen we make our money back. But But that's fun. Right. That and that's what I'm saying. Right. I just have a memory of my grandfather when I was a kid sitting at the kitchen table with his little nickel doing <laughs> scratch offs for hours, you know? So it's it's kind of like a pastime for me. Yeah, I, my mom was big into the scratch off tickets. She and you know when she lived in, in a um older community, mm-hmm. she was one of the few that could still drive. So she would take the collection from all of the elderly people in the community, <laughs> and she would drive downtown yeah. and buy the scratch-off tickets for everybody, and then they would all come back and sit in the community room, and, oh, I won a dollar, and, oop, I won $5, ooh, I won $50. I've never won anything. Uh, I mean, I think a dollar here and there on right. a scratch-off ticket, but I've never won anything. I would love to talk to somebody who who has won, um, and, you know, if you want a big prize, that'd be great, but even a little prize, I, I mean, it's, I, I guess I don't play enough, right? And what's the strategy? Everybody seems to have a strategy of if I do this or I play this mm-hmm. or I do that, you know, what's the strategy that you have 
1-800-283-1015. Have you ever won the lottery? Obviously, a lot of people are playing. As Dan Zero reported, the Jersey lottery alone has paid out over $42 billion in jackpots to lucky winners of their draw and instant games. And is it possible that Dan Zero has cracked the code of scratch-off tickets? It's possible. Dan's a really smart guy, Ivy League educated, and he's crunched all of the data on scratch-off prizes to come up with a formula that shows what games might be ready to hit. We're going to talk to Dan about that coming up after his forecast at around 7.20 this morning or about six minutes from now. So you're going to want to hang and listen to that. But in the meantime, do you play the lottery? Have you ever won? We do scratch-off tickets a lot for holidays and birthdays and things like that, always as a, as a throwaway. My son, come to think of it, he's, he's won $15, $20, I think, on a scratcher every once in a while. 1-800-283-1015. Um, let's get Steve from Trenton in before the break. Steve, you play a lottery? Yes, good morning. How you doing? I'm great. I was, I was playing pick six in New York. I got five out of six numbers. The sixth number was 15. I had 16. Oh. I went to kick the TV. My wife was like, be happy you won. <laughs> Out of $10 million, I got 2200 Wow. That's not nothing, Steve. No. Well, Phil, it was something. Nothing compared to $10 million. Well, compared to $10 million, right. I mean, it's right. More is always better than less. But something is better than nothing. It's been 5,000. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Uh, Steve, thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Have you ever won the lottery? How much did you win? And do you play and do you have a strategy? And then coming up here in a couple of minutes, we're going to talk to Dan and why he thinks he may have cracked the code of scratchers. That's coming up after weather and traffic next on New Jersey 101.5. Arrow. 722 on New Jersey 101.5. I'm Eric Scott in for Bill Spadia. Did Dan Zero crack the code of scratch-off tickets? Hang on a second, Dan. I'm going to have you kind of explain how you've done the math here on this in a second. <laughs> okay. But I first want to talk to Judy in Morristown because she won a big prize on a scratch-off ticket. Hi, Judy. You're on New Jersey 101.5. Uh, yep. Won $10,000. Wow. What game were you playing? Do you remember? The sevens. The sevens. Always the sevens. And scratch off. So, how long were you playing the game? And was this your first big win? Uh, well, no. Years ago, I won three thousand dollars in a big six. So, do you think I you've spent a little bit here and there? Do you think you've spent more or less than thirteen thousand dollars on lottery tickets in your lifetime? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You're still waiting. That big one. Yeah, you always always want the next one. All right, Judy, thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. We started talking about this this morning, and 1-800-283-1015 is our number. Do you play the lottery? Do you play scratchers? Do you play the draw games? And what's your strategy? Because, Dan, I thought it was fascinating, the article that you posted at nj1015.com, mm -hmm. and it's also on our mobile app, where you came up with a formula that on for scratch-off tickets on what? That they're more likely to hit? 
Uh, so this stems from an argument with my wife, as most things often do, yeah. um, where I made the point that there is a little bit of skill involved in scratch-off lottery games. Okay. Not draw games. Those are almost completely luck. There's some skill involved in making sure you don't split a jackpot. Right. But with scratchers, it's all about which game you play. You know, you're standing in front of the lottery vending machine. You've got this assortment of 20 games. Which button do you push? The prettiest? The mm. one with the highest payout or maybe one that actually has the best expected value, which one is uh, potentially by probability and statistics going to pay you the best. So I looked through all 61 active scratch off games with the New Jersey Lottery. They have all their data online. And, you know, I love to dig into yep. data and, and do the math. And I came out with some conclusions about some games are better to play or more likely to win than other games. And all of that is at nj1015.com and on our mobile app. I have to say, Dan, that is a hell of a use of an Ivy League science education. <laughs> I mean, we, I, I had some some Python code and Excel running under the hood. It was, it was actually fun to put together because, uh, again, there are some patterns that, that really evolved in a couple games that really stood out as being better. I also talk about the worst games to play in the article, too. Some of them really stand out as mm, maybe you want to think twice because right. there are no jackpots left, for instance. Uh, you know, that's that's a that's a big red flag. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, well, check it out at nj1015.com or on our free mobile app. Thanks, Dan, for helping to crack the code of the New Jersey <laughs> lottery. Uh, Bernard in South Plainfield, you're on New Jersey 101.5. You had quite a big win, didn't you? Yes, sir. So Unbelievable. How much? 250000 November of 1996. Wow. Wow, that's almost life-changing money, right? Yes, it was because I was in addiction at the time and my whole life changed and now I'm sober 18 years. Well, congratulations. That is wonderful to hear. Um, and then, you know, so did you splurge on anything? I always I always feel like if I was to want a big prize, I would want to buy one cool thing for me. I mean, the fact that you got on the path to recovery and you've had success, that's a bigger reward than any material thing you could Absolutely. buy. But was there something? Money couldn't buy that. Money couldn't buy that. But did you buy something? Yeah, I bought me a truck, a <laughs> quad, a wave runner, but all of them disappeared. They're only materialistic things, you know. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, Gary, thanks for sharing your story on New Jersey 101.5. Um, we're going to take more of your calls on this. Do you play the lottery? Have you ever won? And what's your strategy? 1-800-283-1015 is our telephone number. News, weather, traffic. Gary, Darren, hang on. More of your calls coming up next. New Jersey Chime Time, 7.37 on a Thursday morning. I'm Eric Scott in for Bill Spadia. Bill will be back on Monday. Over 50 years, the New Jersey Lottery has paid out over $42 billion in jackpots to lucky winners of their drawn instant games. Is any of that money yours? Did you ever win the lottery? Do you play? And do you have a strategy? 1-800-283-1015 is our telephone number. Dan Zero has taken his Ivy League science level education and crack the code of the scratch-off, so to speak. Check it out at nj1015.com and on our free mobile app. And find out what scratch-off tickets might be most likely to pay off in the near future. And if you're on our app, drop us a note on the app chat. 1-800-283-1015. Gary and Colts Neck, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Gary, do you play? What's your strategy? Hey, you know... I'm I'm a legend in my own mind, but don't go by that. <laughs> I, 
we go into these spurts. You go into scratch-offs, you, know, you play some lottery, and you know what ends up happening? Not that I'm a loser, but, you know, we end up losing. It just doesn't. You just got to be really lucky. But my situation, since I have a landscape company, I have a lot of Spanish guys that work for us, and they're wonderful guys. And they, I feel like if you go into the lower-income areas in our state, they use a they they just recycle a lot of scratch offs because every time I see my guys, my workers, they they're always scratching off and they're winning. So I think that's really the key. Now huh. I'm not sure if they went into real large ones because if they were, they wouldn't be showing up for work. <laughs> Fair at point. the end of the day, you know. But honestly, go to the lower income, you know, people that are just making an honest living. Yep. And um, you know, I think I think you got a better shot. It's Maybe. Just, numbers yeah because maybe that's where they're selling more of those tickets yeah it's an interesting theory gary thanks for calling new jersey 101.5 with that have you ever won the lottery and do you play the scratch-offs uh or do you play the draw games or does does jersey have that thing where where the balls drop on a screen i i think they had them in like cafes or or even bars or something like that where it was it like a like a type of kino where you could fill out the card and it draws like every five minutes or so. I don't. I've seen them somewhere. I can't remember if I've seen them in Jersey. I don't know if Jersey has that game or not. One eight hundred two eight three one zero one five is our telephone number. Darren in Allentown, you're on New Jersey one zero one point five. You didn't win, but who won in your family? Hey, how's it going? Uh, my brother-in-law did. Oh, uh, over in Massachusetts. Uh, at a convenience store, he went in to get a cup of coffee and a scratch off. And he went up to the young girl, the cashier, and told her he wanted a five dollar ticket. Well, she grabbed a ten dollar ticket, and he's like, "I really wanted a five. The guy behind him in line said, "If he doesn't want that ticket, I'll take it." Wow. Brother-in-law said, "No, no, no. I'm going to take it. I'll take it." Long story short. He went and scratched it off, and it was a $500,000 winner. Wow, and he almost gave it to the guy behind him. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So did he scratch it off in the store, or did he scratch it off at home? No, out in his truck. Out in his truck, so he was still there. He, he, brought, it, he brought it back in. She scanned it. It's, oh, you won $1,000. Oh, no, wait a minute. She scanned it. Oh, you won $5,000. And like, what? No, $10,000. <laughs> She didn't know. I don't know what the hell she was doing, but she didn't know. And uh, so he brought it someplace else, and it was, yeah, $500,000. $500,000. This happened in Massachusetts. So he had to go over and get the big check. Oh, right. Yeah, because in New Jersey, you can remain anonymous now with your winnings. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and I, I think I would probably do that. Darren, thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Um, I, if, if I ever won the big lottery. I wouldn't tell anybody till I had everything all straightened around and got everything done and then I would get my money and then in a few days you'd go, hey, remember that guy that used to sit in that chair over there and read the news? Whatever happened to him? <laughs> and you would never hear from me again. So are you trying to tell everyone that if you're gone for a long period of time that he won the lottery <laughs> yeah, yet? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> now, it's, I, um, I, you know, everybody has dreams. What was it? Uh, Jim Gerhardt, who was our longtime morning man here, mm -hmm. um, he, he would come in every morning after a big lottery and he'd be like, well, the top of the boss's desk is dry. Nobody here won. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Fair. We've and we've done that when it when it <clears throat> when the Powerball and the Mega Millions get to a very large jackpot. We've all put in and Yeah, and, Bob Williams is yeah. the one who usually grabs right. those tickets. Right. So so Bob, how many times have we actually won and you've just pocketed the money? <laughs> is he there? No. No, he's not. He can't hear us. All right. Well, that's because that's my theory. Yeah. That's also my theory in football pools. My best friend, who we grew up next door to one another, I've known him since I was seven years old, runs football pools all the time. Mm -hmm. I have never won one of his football pools in 40 years. Get out. And I am convinced that I have won multiple times. Right, right. But you just don't know it. <laughs> I, just, I just don't know it. Anybody That's on funny. the app chat? Uh, yes, we had Jack in Glenrock. I, I actually love this story. He's won uh, $150,000 off a $5 scratch off the day after his mother-in-law passed away. Wow. Can you imagine that? Wow. And they were her caretaker. So think about that. Now, did, you, did, did they buy the ticket... For her, or he bought it? Or no, he, bought, he, he, he bought, it. bought the ticket. Just bought the ticket. Bought the and scratched it off and won $150,000. $150,000. That's not retirement money. No, but, but it's that's, good enough. But that's life-changing money, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, that's like maybe pay off the car, the house, some bills, put a little bit of money away, yeah. you know, clear some, some debt out. I mean, that's... I mean, that can be life-changing, but it's not, you know, I'm out. Peace out money. Right, and I right. think we're at the point right now where... We're just looking for that kind of money to pay off debt. Right. You know, obviously everybody wants to win some big jackpot. But what do you do with a billion dollars? What do you do with it? I, I'd find many things. I'd find many <laughs> things would. to yes, do with that money. But did you hear Kathy's story? I did not. So Kathy is probably the luckiest person in the building here. Kathy? One year, Christmas, my family would always get scratch-offs. Mm -hmm. And we'd, we'd scratch them off around the dinner table, Christmas dinner. So my mother would get multiple scratch-off tickets. I scratched off one. I said, oh, I want $100. What? Everybody's like, oh, wow. Scratched off the second one. I want another $100. But I'm like, what? Scratched off a third one. I won five consecutive $100 scratch-offs. What? Were they so, the same scratch-off? Like the yes, same? Yes, they were like theme? consecutive in the pile. Wow. Yeah. You got to figure somebody yeah. at the lottery got fired for that. Yeah, one. yeah for yeah. sure, one hundred percent. Especially if all this because they all have a serial number. What if right. all the serial numbers ended like one, two, three, four, five? Back to back yeah. to back. Somebody wow. packed those wrong. Yeah. Lucky for you though. Yeah. I mean, that's... I, I shared with my family. Oh, that was yeah. nice of you. <clears throat> I mean, I was so surprised. I so that is the other question too, right? If you won a big lottery jackpot, would you share it? It's true. That is true. I think it depends on how much it is for me. I mean, again, listen, I have college debt, like yeah. many people yep. my age. So that would be the number one thing that I would pay off. But um, that's a very good question. I think it depends on how much it is. Family, probably. My parents, you know, give them some money. Yeah. I, Sandra and I, when we've played like the, the big game, when it's a you know billion dollars mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, we're like, all right, are we giving anything to our family? And she's like, well, of course we're giving it to a family. All right, so what? So where does where's the cutoff? Mm -hmm. Right, brothers, sisters, children, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, third cousin, twice removed. That's yeah. You know, I, I mean, if that, if that, yeah. Um, all right, so Bob, we were talking smack about you behind your back because you <laughs> were our lottery guy for all of those years, <laughs> and we're all convinced that we've won at least once, and you've pocketed the money. Uh, oh, you, you've spread rumors about me in the past, too. Uh, 
But anyway, my lottery story is that I've been playing the pick six, these same numbers, for years. I missed one drawing back in 1994. I checked the numbers. Would you believe five of the six came out when I didn't play? And oh. I, I, I like felt like I saw a ghost. My heart dropped into my chest. It, it, it was like, I, I, so ever since I've been playing it religiously, ever since, 30 years, 10 bucks a week, I'm, I'm committed. I cannot just not play it anymore. I'm just, you, you, you can understand that. Because right? there's that fear, right? That yes, the one have, time you don't play, uh, yeah. I think, it, I think it's because when you pick your own numbers, that's where the, 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 the you get crazy. Like, oh, I got to play it because, like, <sighs> yeah. yeah, that happens to me at the roulette table. As soon as I walk away, 32 always hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> I'll talk to you for traffic here in a minute. All right. Have you ever won the lottery? What's your strategy? And what'd you do with the money? 1-800-283-1015 is the telephone number. We'll take your calls coming up after weather and traffic next on New Jersey 101. 752 on a Thursday morning in the Great Garden State. I'm Eric Scott sitting in for Bill Spadia. Bill will be back on Monday. His daughter's getting married this weekend. And... He's up celebrating with family. Wish everybody well. 1-800-283-1015. Have you ever won the lottery? Do you play? And what's your strategy if there is one? You know, the New Jersey lottery in the last 50 years has paid out over $42 billion in jackpots. And I have to say, there's not a lot of that that ever made it into my pocket. Pete, in South Brunswick, you've won a couple of times. Is that true? Yes, I won... Uh, I've won several times. Uh, I play the lottery religiously. I play on Jack Pocket, and I play uh, at the stores. So I've won a thousand dollars two weeks. Uh, two. I'm sorry, a little nervous. Two years in a row. Once on Jack Pocket and once on a draw game. So um, and I play scratch offs. My family tells me I'm quite lucky. I can't tell you how much money I've won. Or loss. I'm, I, you know, I saved the ticket, so one of these days when I win, I'll add it up. But anyway, my theory with the scratch-offs is if you go on a lottery site, you could check who has how many prizes are available. Like, say you pick, uh, let's say, Cash for Life. Yeah. The big prize for Cash for Life on a scratch-off hasn't been made. Uh, nobody won it yet. So I look to see where the winners are on the other games, and then I play that game. In other words, like... The scratch off on the nines, I think there's like one one major prize left, so I'll go for it, you know. Yeah, the lottery does, Pete, like put that. out a lot of information. And thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Um, check out Dan Zero's article at nj1015.com. He actually took a lot of that information that is made public by the lottery on these scratch-off tickets, including what the caller was just talking about in terms of what prizes are still out there, and came up with probabilities that these scratch-off tickets could potentially hit. So check it out. It's at nj1015.com and also on our free mobile app. If you're on our mobile app, drop us a note on our app chat like Susan and Monica Hill did where she said she won almost ten grand with pick four. So that would be a draw game. And then Paul in Flemington said he won $1,000 on a $5 instant play six months ago and split it with his brother 50-50. That's nice. That's nice, Paul. It was nice, but I wish there were a few more zeros at the end. Yeah. Um, I think the most I've ever won on a, on a scratcher might be 
10 15 12 dollars something like that my son i think is 120 or 50 dollars uh, but it's really fascinating to see the way Dan had broken all of that stuff out to kind of figure, you know, where there might be higher win probabilities. I had a buddy of mine. We were all going through our divorces around the same time. And my buddy John, who's gone now, miss him, love him dearly. John did a pick six every Friday. And that was his, he, call, he used to call it his escape money. That if he ever won the pick six jackpot, he would give all of the money to his soon-to-be ex-wife just to go away. And I thought that was a that was a great use of the lottery and hopefully your luck. Um, again, check out this story from Dan at nj1015.com and on our free mobile app. When we come back after news, weather, and traffic, frustrating thing, ang- thing that, that'll just make you crazy. Have you ever left anything on an airplane? Have you ever left anything on a plane? I had an incident where my son had left his wallet on the plane. And Sandra had left a lot of valuables on a plane, which we never got back. Have you ever left anything on an airplane? And did you get it back? Or did you just figure, up? Oh, it's gone forever? I'll tell you how my two stories ended out. And I want to take more from your stories. It's become such a rush to get off an airplane now, right? As soon as you pull up to the gate, and it takes them a while to get the door open and to get it, everybody stands up, everybody grabs their carry-on, everybody's pushing and shoving. Where are you going? If you have checked bags, they're not going to be ready for you yet. You just want to get off the plane? Why do people push and shove to get off the plane? That's why stuff gets left behind. Have you ever left anything on an airplane and what happened to it? Were you able to get it back? 1-800-283-1015. An incident with my son. Sandra also left some things that were very valuable on a plane. And we'll tell you those stories of how they ended up coming up after an update of news, weather, and traffic on New Jersey. 101.5757 is our time. Jen has the news next. New Jersey Chime Time, 8-11, Thursday morning in the Great Garden State. I'm Eric Scott, sitting in for Bill Spadia. Bill will be back on Monday, so you get me today and tomorrow, and Kristen, and everybody who's in the studio, as we chat with you this hour about have you left anything on a plane. Imagine you're leaving for vacation, headed on a trip, board your flight, you fall asleep, you watch a movie, you land, you get off, you hit baggage claim or your hotel or wherever and realize, ugh, you've left something on the plane. 1-800-283-1015 is our telephone number. Uh, Cindy in Somerset, I'm going to take your call here first because I think we have a similar story, Cindy. You left your ID, right? I sure did. I actually never even got on the plane. Good morning, Eric. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling, Cindy. Um, yeah, so I was flying out of JFK and I have a very bad habit of especially when I think I'm, you know, late or rushed of not putting things back where they should. So we should, you know, we got through security. I should have put my ID back in my wallet. I sure didn't. I put it in my pocket. I get to the gate and I must have had something else in my pocket that I needed to take out. And the ID obviously came out of the pocket and I didn't realize it until I got to my destination and I got to the car rental place and I couldn't rent a car. (laughs) Fortunately, I was with somebody, you know, so we figured that out. Um, I called the airline, which that took a little bit to actually get through to somebody. But sure enough, they had it. 
And I was able to pick it up when I got back from my trip. And it was just the one thing that you think like, oh, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. A little tiny ID. You know, I could see a suitcase getting that back, a bigger item. But an ID, got it back, sure enough, a week later. Wow. And it was just it was just one of those things. I just really lucked out. Because otherwise you wouldn't have been able to get on the plane to go home, right? Correct. I wasn't really sure how that was going to work out. But I once I landed, I spent like a good hour and a half calling the airport, the airline. And again, you know, you're going through all these different menus and trying to get to the right place. And I had to keep getting connected and transferred. And I finally got through to the right person. And sure enough, they had turned it in. And uh, yeah, they had <laughs> Well, Cindy, thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Uh, I have a similar story, and it's one of the reasons why I am not allowed to hold my passport. Sandra will not allow me to hold the passport. She has all of our travel documents because I have that same habit of trying to pull everything out at the same time. Things will drop or I'll set something down here because I'm looking at something like that. So literally when we're going through TSA, just before we get to the TSA checker, she'll hand me my passport. I'll hand it to the TSA. They hand it back to me. She immediately snatches it out of my hand. So my son, Alex, we were on our way to Orlando. We were staying in Orlando for a week. And it was um, Sandra and myself and Alex and one of his friends. And we were on the plane to Orlando. We landed. And we get down to, we get our luggage. We get down to where we're renting the car. And Alex, who's maybe 12, 13 at this point, I see him kind of like just patting around. And I'm like, what's the matter? What's going on? He's like, I don't have my wallet. Well, where is it? I think I left it on the plane. How do you know you left it on the plane? Because I put it in that little pocket and the seat in front of me. Why did you do that? At that point, it became irrelevant. So all I could think of is because that had his ID in it to be able to get back on the plane for the return trip. And if you've ever been to the Orlando airport, you know that where the baggage claim and the car rental kiosks are, are way away from the terminal. You take a monorail from the terminal over to baggage claim and where you get the car rental. So now we're standing in line for the car rental. I get on the phone. I start calling the airline. Divine Providence. The woman was like, I'm going to connect you to the gate. Connected me to the gate. They found his wallet. So I was able to recover the wallet. But that wasn't easy because I had to now go around, get back on the train, go back to the terminal, go back through security. And it must have been a case where I had that look on my face where I was livid and exasperated at the same time. Because as I was walking down the hall to the terminal, the woman was walking towards me. She had the wallet. She must have saw the look on my face and she goes, are you the one who's looking for Alex's wallet? I'm like, yes, I am. She goes, I knew it. And she handed me the wallet. And then I went back and we had a wonderful time. But that was so annoying, infuriating even, that we had that issue. What have you left on a plane? 1-800-283-1015. Chris, Mike, hang on. Your calls after traffic and weather next on New Jersey 101.5. Hello. 822 on New Jersey 101.5. Dan, don't run away yet. Um... Have you ever left anything on a plane? What was it? Did you get it back? 1-800-283-1015. I know you can relate to my story about my son leaving his wallet on the plane in Orlando because you are far away from the terminal when you're at baggage claim. Yes, this is true. Um, have you ever left? You guys travel to Orlando a lot 
Yeah, as a yeah. family. Anybody ever leave anything on the plane? No, we're pretty careful about doing the mental checklist before we leave. Make sure we don't forget anything, any bags, any children, you know. <laughs> what would be worse, <laughs> leaving a bag or leaving a child? I guess it would depend on which child. It depends on which child and how they're behaving at the time. Absolutely true. <laughs> 1-800-283-1015. Uh, Mike in Bayville, you're on New Jersey 101.5. You left, what, your laptop on the plane? Yeah, good morning, Eric. Um Several years ago, approximately 10 years ago, I was asked by my company to fly to Denver uh, from Newark to make a presentation to the airport said next morning, early the next morning. While on the airport, uh, while on the airplane, I was uh, preparing the presentation. It was a very small laptop, but I, when I was done working on it, I put it in the pouch in front of the seat. And I got off the plane, didn't think much of it, checked in at the hotel, and wanted to um, complete the presentation when I realized that the laptop was still on the plane. Did you ever get it back? Yeah, I called, and they said they, no one had turned it in at that time, but the check, again, the following morning, which I did about 5 o'clock in the morning, and the cleaning crew actually found it and turned it in. And I was able to secure it that morning in time for the presentation. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, you know, that, that is that pocket in front of you is a danger zone. I, I don't ever put anything in there. And Mike, thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. I have occasionally put, if I'm reading a book, like an actual book book, I've occasionally tucked it in that pocket. And I have left those things behind before. But it's, you know, I and, and now my son knows you don't ever put anything in that pocket that you don't that you can't live without, because that's the most likely place that you're going to leave something behind. John in Tom's River, you're on New Jersey 101.5. All right, you were on your way back from the Super Bowl. What happened? Dude, I was with a friend of mine. It was four of us and he was the fourth guy. And we had tickets to the Super Bowl, and one of us, one of the group couldn't go. So at the last second, my wife said, why don't you bring Freddie, who was her girlfriend's husband? And I know, you know, he wasn't, he's a kind of an okay guy. <laughs> but from the Strong second, endorsement uh, from you, John. Thank you. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> but from the second we got on the plane, he was just obnoxious and drunk the whole time. And it was like the first time he's ever been out of the house. Oh, boy. So the weekend goes on, and we're all looking at each other because the three of us didn't really know him, and I brought him. So, you know, I kind of felt responsible for him. <laughs> and he was just so annoying. Like, the, everything that we did, he was just trying to get into fights and just peeing his pants drunk. Oh it's boy. like the first time he's it's like a like a 17-year-old. So we're coming home, and... He's drunk on the plane, passed out in the window. And I'm trying to wake him up. And my two guys, who don't know him that much or care about him, said, just leave the guy. <laughs> I can't do that. And they're, they're going, well, we're leaving. You know? And they were my ride. And I said, I don't want to curse, but I said, you know, okay. And I left him. So, and, you, so you left a buddy on the plane? Well, it wasn't. You left a person. You left a human being. You left, you left an annoyance on the plane, I guess, John, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. I guess that's one that you don't care if you necessarily get back. Although you might be in trouble with your wife by the time you get home on that one. Um, what have you left on a plane 
did you get it back? Uh, and, and it is that front pocket. That front pocket on an airline seat. I, I, I would love to hear from a member of a flight crew of how many things are found left in those pockets. It has to be everything from books to magazines to glasses to cell phones to small laptops. I mean, that's the, that's the danger zone there. 1-800-283-101.5. Diana David, sorry I didn't get your call this half hour, but if you'll hang with me, I'll take you as soon as we come out of the break. What have you left on a plane? Did you get it back? 1-800-283-101.5. More of your calls after news, weather, and traffic on the half hour. Next. New Jersey Chime Time, 838. I'm Eric Scott, in for Bill Spadia. Bill will be back on Monday. His daughter getting married this weekend in Vermont. Wish the whole family well on that blessed event. 1-800-283-1015 is our number. What have you left on a plane? Did you ever get it back? And I think we've learned in this hour that you don't put anything in the seat pocket in front of you. Diana in Verona, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Wasn't you, but it was your three-year-old that was the culprit in this story? Yeah, we were heading we were heading home from Orlando flying into Newark. And, of course, I put the iPad in the front pocket. We get off the plane. We get home. No iPad anywhere. But luckily, I knew the flight attendant on United. Her name was Deb. She's amazing. We worked together years ago at a catering company. She grabbed the iPad and dropped it off at us at home. So you didn't have to do the whole thing where you had to take the monorail back to the terminal from baggage claim, and it's you had an inside you had an inside contact on that one. Yeah, and when I when I walked on the plane, I said, "What are the odds that we see each other?" And the whole ride, we chatted. She met my kids. And then I texted her. I said, Deb, you got to check for the iPad. Was it in the seat pocket? It was in the seat pocket. In the seat pocket. There you go. All right, Diana, thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. That's it. Nothing goes in the seat pocket. Don't ever put anything in the front seat pocket or it's gone. David, in Tabernacle, you're on New Jersey 101.5. You're older than my son, but you left the same thing on the plane. Good morning. Yes, we did. Um, I was flying to Orlando for vacation with the family, and when we got to the hotel, my wallet. Couldn't find it. So I sat down, canceled everything. The next morning, we were going into Universal, I think, and my wife got a call from her employer, uh, a major hospital in Tom's River. Apparently, someone on the plane had found my wallet. It was the director of finance, I think, from the same hospital on the following flight from Philly to Orlando. His son found the wallet. He looked inside and saw the insurance card that tied to an employee at the hospital. He had them trace the name. They called her office, and they called her and told her he had my wallet. Wow. That's another case of divine providence. Was it in the seat pocket? Yes, it was. <laughs> so you got it back. Did you get it back in time? To, or was this on the return trip? So you were already you were already headed back. No, no. We were in Orlando. No, he okay. had, um, he kept it with him and took it all the way back home. Oh. Because apparently there was no way to get it together. I don't know what the story was. So how did you get on how did you get on the plane? How'd you get on the plane to go home? Um I had my passport. I oh, had okay. a bag I was carrying with things, and I had my passport and tickets in a pocket of the same bag. What I had done is went to put my wallet in that bag, and it fell between the window and the seat down the side. Ugh. Yeah, that's another and place. I've been there for the flight back to Philly, and they got on in Philly the next flight, and his son found it. Wow. That's a, 
That's amazing. David, you know, you're very lucky on that. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Um, yeah, that front seat pocket, you just it, don't put anything in there that you can't live without. Because, I mean, just about every single person that has called this morning that has left something on the plane has left it in that front seat pocket. The only thing that should go in there is the air sickness bag and your safety card. And they used to have, what was it called? They had the the, the magazine where you could buy stuff, um, all the Sky Mall, right? They had the Sky Mall in there. How many of you wasted time on the plane flipping through the Sky Mall catalog? I've never, I don't know anybody anywhere that I've ever talked to that ordered anything out of the Sky Mall catalog. But I wanted everything that was in there. They had that big massage chair in there and they had the robots that you could buy and the big trampolines and, you know, all the luxury items and things like that. I don't I I can't. Have you ever bought anything from Sky Mall? Do you even remember what Sky Mall is? Probably the younger flyers don't. They cut that out years and years ago, I think. And now the airlines put the, their own branded magazine with their own executives in there touting how great they are. Um, and how they're creating an airline that serves the public better. And you read that while you're sitting on the tarmac at Newark for two and a half hours because your flight has been delayed. Did you leave anything on a plane? Did you get it back? 1-800-283-1015 is our telephone number. App chat from Big Dave in West Hampton. One trip home from Fort Lauderdale. We flew into Atlantic City. My son at the time was five. He left a bag with some toys. He was so upset when we got home We actually called the airport at 1 a.m., and someone answered and said they had it, so we went the next morning to get it. I kind of feel if it's something for a child, if you notice that it's a child's toy or a blanket or, you know, something that belongs to a young child, that maybe either the flight crew or the cleaning crew or somebody at the airport might be more apt to hold that for you. We almost had a situation with my oldest son when we traveled. He was heavily into Buzz Lightyear, both when it came from the movie. What was the movie called? Was it called Buzz Lightyear? No, Buzz and Woody. Uh, Toy Story. So the movie Toy Story, and then Buzz Lightyear had um, an actual cartoon that you could watch. So my oldest son was never without the Buzz Lightyear in his hand. He had this little four-inch Buzz Lightyear action figure. It was always in his hand. And and he wanted to take it with him when we were going to Orlando. So he did. And he left it, where? In the seat pocket while he was having a snack. And we noticed it before we actually got off the plane. So we were able to wade through the sea of people who were waiting to get off the plane and go back and get it out of that seat pocket. Or it would have been calamitous. He would have been hysterical for the entire trip because he didn't have his Buzz Lightyear. If you've left anything on the plane, love to hear your story. 1-800-283-1015 is our telephone number. 845, we got an update of weather and traffic and then more with you next. 852 on New Jersey 101.5. Eric Scott in for Bill Spadia. Bill will be back on Monday. Have you ever left anything on an airplane? And did you get it back? And what we've learned over this entire hour is that you don't ever put anything in the seat back pocket in front of you because you just might as well consider it gone at that point. 1-800-283-1015.
Joe in Edison, you're on New Jersey 101.5. You, what you lost was not in the front pocket, was it? Correct. It was in the overhang. I threw my jacket up there. I had vending machines at the time and uh, about 70 of, them, 70 of them. And my key came out of my pocket. And I was going out to California on a vending machine convention. <laughs> and I called a hotel where I was at. They didn't have them. I called an airline. They didn't have them. So when I got back to Newark, Three or four days later, I went to the counter, lost and found again, and they just found him about two hours earlier on the plane in the overhang. Wow. And so, I said to them, And I said to them, it was up in the air at least 12 times and landed 12 times. They said, yes. I said, just show you how good they cleaned the plane in the overhang. <laughs> right? These were the keys and, to your vending machines, right? So without these keys, yes, you couldn't sir. get the, the money out or new supplies in. You got, I would have to drill every lock out and put a new lock in, oh. paying the rear end. And on top of that, I just read not that long ago, in Alabama, there's a huge warehouse with suitcases that have been lost. And after they've been there for so long, what they do, I think Goodwill or somebody buys them and they sell them at their place of business. Joe, I know this story and thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Yeah, so Kristen, here's the deal. It's all the lost luggage, and you don't know what's inside it. Right. You go, and you can buy the suitcase. It's kind of oh, like storage wars, yes. right? Where you go, you buy the storage unit, and you don't know what's inside. Right. So you buy, <laughs> you buy the suitcase, and then you get to open it up and see what's inside. That's frightening. Well, it could be, right? But I, there, there's stories that, you know, some people have found laptops. Some people have found, yeah. um, you know, booze. Some people have found money. Some people have found... Things we can't talk about on the radio. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, you know, jewelry, makeup, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. I, I would do that once. I would buy one of those suitcases. Just I mean, to how, see. how much do they go for? Is it I an auction? Know. Do is it is that what it is? I don't or? think it's an auction. I think it's literally like a store where you walk in and all this luggage is piled wow. up, and you go, "I'm going to take uh, this one," and here's a hundred bucks, and well, let's see what you get. The luggage piece itself <clears throat> could be worth. Could be. Hundreds. Yeah, if it's a good know? if it's a good piece of luggage, right? Yeah, yeah. that's that's one of my biggest fears, by the way, because so I travel with with the kids. Yeah, and uh, right now my daughter, she's six months old, so she's still on formula, obviously, and that's one of my biggest fears, which is why I put my formula in the carry on as opposed to the the luggage, because I'm afraid of my luggage being lost. Right, and then I'm afraid of forgetting the carry on on oh, the plane. Boy. So I'm like, kid, check. Formula check and off the plane. You have to have that mental checklist. Yeah. And and it was, I mean, we've talked about like little things and, it, it, you know, it was, could have been calamitous if we couldn't get Alex's wallet back. Um, but the thing that made me the most frustrated, I don't want to say angry because I know Sandra's listening. Um, <laughs> we were coming back from, I believe it was the Dominican and we had had a great time. There may have been some adult libations that were consumed over the course of that week. And frankly, we were exhausted from the vacation. But we had stopped at Duty Free and we had bought a lot of things at Duty Free. There were eh, basically alcohol. Most of it was alcohol, right? Um, So they bring it on a plane Mm -hmm. for you and they put it in the overhead bin and store it for you. Mm -hmm. But we were so tired from the vacation, we both passed out on the flight. And we didn't wake up until we were literally pulling up to the gate and we're like, it, everybody wants to rush off the right. plane. So uh, get up, everybody, to rush off the plane. So we get off the plane. We get into baggage claim. We are on the way to the car. 
And we're like, where's the duty free? <gasps> no. Still on the plane. And it was still on the plane. And we didn't call and we didn't go back because I knew there was not a chance that it was, you know, somebody of was going to find that. And it's I, the, the flight crew, I'm sure, had a party. Right. Um, but that's fine. You know, it just, and it wasn't to me, I do that value judgment. It's not worth my time to go back and get it. Right. It just wasn't. It didn't help, though, that you didn't bring it onto the plane yourself. Correct. They bring it to right? you. Yes. So if you would have, it might have been, Maybe. you know. As tired as you were. Maybe. Um, All right. So when we come back after news, traveling, and weather, did you know that there's a job in New Jersey that pays you $400,000 a year and you don't need a college degree? (laughs) Sign me up. Right? Um, You do not need a college degree. So when we come back from the update at the top of the hour, do you have a job that you don't need a degree or are you doing a job that has nothing to do with your degree? 1-800-283-1015. 1-800-283-1015. We'll tell you what that job is, and we'll take your phone calls after Jen updates news at the top of the hour next. New Jersey Chime Time, 9-10. I'm Eric Scott. Good morning. Sitting in for Bill Spadia today. Bill will be back on Monday. You got me and Kristen today and tomorrow. 1-800-283-1015. Do you have a job that you don't need a college degree for, or are you doing a job that has nothing to do with what you went to college for and what you had your degree for. Why? Because there is a $400,000 a year job. It's the new top job in New Jersey, and you don't need a degree for it. What is it? Well, hang on. I'll tell you here in just a second. But if you have a job that you didn't need a college degree for, we start this conversation a lot. And I remember we did a town hall broadcast on this a couple of years ago about all the careers that are good-paying jobs and careers that do not require a four-year college degree. There's this myth that you've got to go to college for four years if you want to be successful. But when you look at the lack of tradesmen and women in New Jersey now, that you don't need a degree to be a plumber, to be a laborer, to be a crane operator, to any of the trades, to be an auto mechanic, to be an HVAC technician. And these aren't just jobs, these are careers that have the potential to grow into perhaps even your own business. 1-800-283-1015. What job do you have that didn't require a college degree? Or if you have a degree, are you working at a job or a career that has nothing to do with that degree? Mitch in Sayreville, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Mitch. Hey, what's going on? So you have what? You have an MBA? I have an MBA, so my master's in business administration, and I work as a foreman on a railroad, which also doesn't require a degree. So kind of a waste. What do you think it cost you to get that MBA? I mean, overall, probably 15 grand. Wow. So I you, mean, it could have cost more, but I did some nice schooling. Right. And go then out, go owls. And go owls. <laughs> That's awesome. And then and, and how did you get the job as a foreman on a railroad? Just a friend got me the job and worked my way up. And that's awesome. And this is a career, right? I mean, this is a good-paying career. You can have a house, raise a family on that. Pays the bills. That's awesome, Mitch. Well, thanks for doing what you do, and thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Uh, there are so many jobs and careers that do not require a four-year degree. And as a society, we have to get better at educating our high school students 
Because the whole path, as soon as you set foot in high school, or even in middle school, it started, at least with my kids, is that, you know, you, where are you going to college? Are you thinking about where you're going to college? Are you thinking about what you're going to study? Are you thinking about what you're going to do? Now, I have one kid, my youngest, he always wanted to be a lawyer. From the time he was in middle school, he wanted to go to law school. So that's what he worked for. He's a second-year law student at Seton Hall. My oldest son just wasn't right for college. It wasn't going to benefit him for his career path. And now he works on a dock in Miami. He makes really good money. And, you know, he's arguably more successful, at least at this stage of his career, than my youngest son, who's still in law school. And my youngest son is going to have all kinds of college loans he's got to pay off. My older son cost him $2,500 to get his training certificate to be able to drive a forklift. Dave in Marlton, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Dave. Hey, hey good morning, Eric. Good morning. Uh, good, good topic. Um, I was a firefighter. Um, I got hired in uh, 1986. I, they didn't require college at the time. And I, I would say maybe six years later, they uh, came up with the college requirement. I was grandfather. But I became a chief and... When I retired, I was making $150,000 a year, and there was another chief, and I was actually making more than him, uh, and, and he had a master's degree. Yeah. And, but it was, but, so tell me, Dave, was there anything that they could have taught you in college that you couldn't have learned on the job in your continuing education or from veteran firefighters that would have improved your performance as either a firefighter or a chief? I doubt it. I mean, with all, you know, I was there 33 years. So by the time I became a chief, you know, with all the, the on the job experience and, you know, stuff, you know, all the continuing education, it, it's just, you know, a lot of fluff. And, you know, the, the powers that be, you know, they think it makes you look better because you got a piece of paper to hang up on the wall. But, um, and they actually considered doing away with the requirement because um, it just seemed like the, the people that they were getting after the, the requirement just weren't, um, they, they didn't have a great work ethic. It seemed like the guys that didn't have college were so much you know, better workers. Well, I mean, and that is often the case, right? I mean, because especially with something like firefighting, you have to have a passion to do it. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5, Dave. What job do you have that didn't require a college degree, or are you doing something unrelated to the degree that you have? 1-800-283-1015 is our phone number. Drop us a comment on the app chat. We'll take more of your calls after an update of weather and traffic next on New Jersey 101.5. 922 on New Jersey 101.5. Interville Spadia, I'm Eric Scott. What job do you have that didn't require a college degree, or are you doing something that is unrelated to your college degree. There are so many careers in New Jersey now or nationwide that are good paying jobs that can lead to promising careers that do not require that traditional four-year degree. And we have to do a better job of convincing our high school students that maybe a four-year degree is not the best path to success for them. Tony and Manahawkin, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Tony. Hey, how you doing? Uh pleasure talking to you i listen to you all the time thank you um, i'm going to tell a little quick story about me so back when i was in high school i was not the smartest kid but i also wasn't the dumbest 
I had a pretty good head on my shoulders, but I just didn't really apply myself. Uh, I was a little bored with school, but my dad convinced me when I was 16 to go to vocational school and I went for HVAC and plumbing. So I went through that. I got a job right out of high school. I was making okay money. You know, you start off making a little bit and then potentially you can make a lot. And I started making more. Um, the good thing is I can kind of speak pretty well. I'm a little well-spoken and I looked past the, looked ahead and I seen some of the guys I was working with, their bodies a little beat up. So I kind of made a, a different uh, career change after a couple of years. I went to uh, college, I went to school for accounting, got my bachelor's, and then I just didn't see me making money doing that. It just takes yeah. too long and you start off at a low salary. So I went back into HVAC and by the time I was 27, I was already making a hundred grand a year. Wow. Now and I'm 36 now. I do pretty well and I just never took my foot off the gas pedal. I keep convincing people to try to convince your kids to learn a trade. Yeah. You can make plenty money doing this. It's it it don't worry about what you might think people look down on you. You're not educated. You are educated. You are smart and you know how to do a lot more than you really think. And I really encourage everybody to try to just let your kids just try a trade. Just try it. Tony, I, you know, I, you, that is very well said. And I'm so glad you called New Jersey 101.5. Thank you for joining the conversation. That is a conversation that needs to be had with our kids at a high school level or even at a very early level. And what Tony said I thought was very important is that don't worry if people look down on you. Really? People are going to look down on you? You're the guy that's going to come in and make sure that my heater works? And my family is warm. You're smart enough to do that. I'm not smart enough to do that. I don't even know where to begin. I know how to turn it on and off. You're the guy that's going to fix my car so that I can go pick my kids up after school and I can get to work and I can make money for my family. Why would I look down on you? I don't know how to do that. I'm not smart enough to do that. You are. Make it go with my gratitude. Uh, there are so many careers out there that don't require um, a college degree. And there's a shortage of it. There's a shortage of skilled trades. And whether that's, you know, going to be an electrician, an HVAC tech, um, an auto mechanic. Uh, I mean, even whether you're even a computer tech, a lot of these computer tech jobs, they don't require a degree. You can come into my house. You can fix my router so that I can be an idiot and sit there and stream YouTube all night long. I don't know how to do that. I'm not smart enough to do that, but you're smart enough to do that. Please, thank goodness for smart people in those careers. And we've heard how many stories of people who have gone and pursued that four-year degree or then went and got their master's or in some cases, even a PhD and they're not working in that career. My niece went to Cornell and she was going for something in the sciences field. Um, did really, really well, graduated with a degree. While she was working, or while she was going to school, she was working for a plumbing supply company and just kept moving up the chain and now handles logistics and distribution worldwide for one of the largest plumbing supply companies in the world. She's not using her sciences degree from an Ivy League school, but she's making a pile of money at it just bought her fourth house 
You don't necessarily need to have a degree. If you have one of those jobs where you don't need a degree or you're doing a job that didn't involve your degree, would still love to hear that story. 1-800-283-1015. Kristen's going to join me when we come back uh, after news, traffic, and weather. We'll talk a little bit more about this. Oh, and I didn't tell you what the job was that pays $400,000 a year in New Jersey and doesn't require you to have a college degree. I'll tell you that after the news. It's 927 on New Jersey 101.5. New Jersey chime time, 938, Thursday morning. Eric Scott in for Bill Spadia. Producer Kristen has been with me all morning. Good conversations this morning, Kristen. Love uh, this topic because it's one that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning trades and, and working in that. You know, I see that with my kids. You know, my, my older son is a dock worker in Miami. My younger son's a law student. Um, guess which one has more college debt, um, you yeah. know, by the time they, they come through. Uh, and people are mad at me this morning because I've talked about this now for 38 minutes and I didn't say what the job was. That's true. I, I didn't notice that as well. But you're 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 hanging on. You're hanging on there. Are you going to tell them now? Is that is that where we're going? Yeah, with this? I'm going to I'm going to tell them now. I don't want people to, to if they're getting into work or that and not knowing. But this is actually a job for Walmart. Mm-hmm. Walmart. They're hiring managers uh, or will be hiring managers starting in April that will eventually grow to earn four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> A year, and you do not need a college degree to do that. And you know, I as you, I think it was you who pointed out. I mean, that is kind of life changing money. I it mean, if is. you're making four hundred thousand dollars a year, even in a state like New Jersey, mm-hmm. you're doing all right, right? And from Walmart, which I'm not going to lie to you, does not surprise me, given the way that they pay their employees, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot of Walmart haters out there, um, but by and large. You know, they were among the first nationwide that increased their minimum wages. That's right. Um, they provided, I think they provide still um, assistance going to school. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're they generally good, for the most part, to their employees who are good employees. Right, you yeah. Know, there are, there's pathway to, to career there. So, yeah, Walmart will let you grow into a $400,000 a year job as a manager with no college degree requirement. Walmart across New Jersey are about to get a ton of applications today. <laughs> so <laughs> Sorry. Let's let's wrap this up here, you know, with with the last couple of calls. What is the job that you have that didn't require a college degree or are you doing something that is unrelated to your degree? And Gloria in Willingboro, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Hi Gloria. Hi, how you doing? I'm well, Gloria. Thanks for joining the conversation. What do you do? I'm an LPN and I um I changed careers. I moved from singing gospel to become an LPN 12 years ago. I'm 59. I've raised four children as an LPN. I've bought my home. And I want to encourage young people because that's what I told my children to do. You can go in as an up from high school, take a year or a year and a half to do the LPN program. And there are a lot of programs in New Jersey, um, Lincoln Technical, um, and Jesse College of Nursing, you have a whole lot of them. The um, county colleges um, give, uh, give those programs. So in one, one year, you would have finished your LP and take a board exam, pass the board exam. There are a lot of people who are refusing, are declining to go into the nursing home environment. Mm-hmm. So there's work, you can work in somebody's house or work in a nursing home, whatever you decide. But you're, you're, you're going to be making between 28 and 35 an hour. So if you're wow. a person or a child who hasn't got any, you know, you don't have any commitment and stuff, you can work your regular shift and pick up, 
like um, two or three overtime shifts. So before you were aware, at the end of the year, you would have made 100000 cool as a kid. Wow. Uh, and that's with yeah, like a year, year and a half of school. Exactly. It's wow. Not, you're, you're not doing this, um, you know, a whole lot of student loans and stuff. And so you would have done it. So I encourage my kids did the same thing. My oldest is going to be 25. And she went through, I made her become an, uh, a CMA. And she rose through that and then was able to go to college pre or child to do nursing. And now in May, she's going to have her doctorate in nursing. So when we put these things in, the, uh, in our children, that it's not always, you know, grammar kind of situation, but go and learn a trade because a trade will be with you for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, Gloria. And, and, it's, and you know, you're working in, in a healthcare arena that desperately needs workers. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. John and Brick, you're on New Jersey 101.5. You're in IT, John? Yes, that is correct. I'm in information technology. Um, and it was something that I never even had to go to college for at all. I actually, uh, I thought I needed to go to college and take, you know, computer science courses and cybersecurity courses. But with just a little bit of research, I was able to find out um, I could go and study and take some tests to get certified. And with these certifications, a lot of companies will hire you because those certifications say, hey, you know your stuff, you know what you're talking about, you know, you can work for us. And just by going to, you know, pay a little bit of money to get those certifications, I've been in IT now for like professionally for five years. I make good money. I do side jobs for to help people out in New Jersey. And I mean, overall, I'm over six figures without ever having to go to college. I think that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I would say so. Can you fix my router? Absolutely, I can fix your router. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's really the only thing that matters in a house these days, right? That router has to work. Absolutely, router and modem. Router and modem. Uh, yeah, see, I don't even know the difference between the router and the modem. Maybe it's my modem that's broken. Could be the router. I don't know. See, that's why I need smart guys like you, John. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Um, you know, I, it's, I, I have a friend of mine that says all the time, thank goodness for smart people. Because they're the ones that... that fix our bodies, that fix our things, that keep us moving, fix our cars. Meg in PA, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Meg. Did you finish college? No, I did not. I had about three years of college and some life issues um, with my family, you know, kind of derailed me off finishing college. Um, And I was a community health education that was my major and I kind of veered off, stayed in that health range uh, or that health um, direction of work, but I segued it into getting certified as a reflexologist. And I had a very strong um, interest in the human body and how it works. And I went through and did the foot, hand, ear reflexology program, which took about about four to five months um, in the evening and probably cost me about $4,000 to do it, to complete it. And then that was 17 years ago. And I've since added on um, other forms of reflexology, uh, Tibetan head, neck, scalp therapy and Japanese facelift, all these different certs that cost about 500 for each class. And you can make anywhere between, depending on how much you want to work, anywhere between sixty to a hundred grand. And you built your own business off of all of this. I built my own business, so I've been doing this. I started out part time, 
while I was raising my kids, and um, I'm in my uh, going on my 18th year at this point. Wow, Meg, I got to run, but give me give a shout out to your business. If people want to contact you, how do they contact you? Oh, uh, just MegsReflexology.com. MegsReflexology. Dot com. Meg, thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Uh, Sal, I'll get to you right after the break here. What is the job that you have that doesn't require a college degree? Or are you doing something that is not related to your degree? Your call's coming up in a moment. Weather and traffic next. Arrow. 952 on New Jersey 101.5 as we're wrapping up this hour's conversation on jobs that do not require a college degree. And should we be encouraging kids to go into the trade. Sal in Point Pleasant, you're on New Jersey 101.5. Sal, what's your advice? Good morning. Well, I'm, I'm in the trades myself, but I'm, I'm going to give you an example of a kid right now that's 21 years old. He's running a framing crew, building high-end frame, uh, high-end residential uh, and commercial construction. He's 21 years old, making $170,000 a year. And he runs a crew anywhere from seven to 12 guys, depending on the project. The kid can read blueprints. And he started in the industry at the age of 16, working part-time for a company. And let let me tell you, the kid kept his nose clean, paid attention, learned, crafted his trade. And I'll I'll put him against any one of the framers that are out there right now, whether they be Spanish, uh, Polish, uh, you know, because those are two big... uh, um, you know, international guys that come over here yeah. framing. Uh, he'll, he'll run circles around them. Well, I mean, and, and experience, look, you, you experience and passion matter, Sal. And thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Um, fascinating, Kristen. We had a lot of people um, talking about things that they've done that don't require a college education. So don't assume. Right. That that's going to have to be your child's path. Right. And I think, I feel like it's changed a lot because when I was in high school, it was always like community college, for instance, was frowned upon almost. Yeah. You know, it was always, you had to go to a, a four-year school and then you would get out of college and you had all this debt. And now, I, I mean, again, my kids have a long way to go, but I'm like, yeah, community college, sure. Why not? Until you figure out what you want to do. Even trade school, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. it's. I mean, it, it is a great career path, and they're needed. Um, that's why I love doing the show with you uh, in the morning, because we always learn something new, right? There's something new that, that, we that That's true, Eric. And you know what? I learned something new about you today. Me? Yes. What did you learn about me? So we don't talk music often, true. but we did today. Different generations. You are a fan of pink. I love pink. I love that about you. <laughs> I, I I was shocked. I love it. She's I, awesome. She is awesome. She is she is a she is a fantastic musician. I don't always enjoy all of the music, but I like her as a person. Sure. I like her being a mom. I like her, you know, all of that stuff. I'm an international man of mystery. So well, what this will is for you, by the what way. will we learn <laughs> tomorrow? We'll talk to you again tomorrow. I'm Eric Scott for Bill Spadia. Dennis and Judy are next on New Jersey 101.5.
Thanks for listening to the Bill Spadia Show On Demand. Don't forget to check out the latest online from Bill Spadia on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.